This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, also the TSO's director of marketing, Vanessa Gardner, and we have a very special guest joining us by phone, and I even whipped up a little fanfare for you. That is pianist Sarah Davis Buchner. Let me play this fanfare. I don't know if you could tell or not, but that was actually me playing the piano in, the, in our studio. I took my little phone in there and taped it. I figured, you know, given, Sarah, that you are a, a world-famous pianist, it's only appropriate that I play the piano to welcome you to the program. So, I, and, and don't be afraid. It's not my career. I don't, I don't play in public, so there's no competition there. But uh, thank you so much um, for, for joining us today. It's my pleasure, and I'll, I'll I'll preface everything by mentioning that my my dear departed grandmother once cautioned me. She said, "If you don't have anything nice to say to someone, don't say anything at all." So, <laughs> so your piano playing is is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was nice. I'll take it. That's all I can play. I can play a little bit of Bach that I learned one, at one time, but I can only play the first couple of measures really fast, and and that's all as far as I got. So I'm not quite to Merwin's level of genius, but I'm I'm on my way. Uh, you are performing with Toledo Symphony, and that is a concert that is uh, the weekend of September 24th and 25th. It's Friday and Saturday, 8 o'clock p.m. at Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. You are bringing this really wonderful piece by a fantastic composer named Florence Price, her piano concerto. Uh, before we talk about that, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit of your story. Um, and, and I've whipped up a little music here. You can you give us a little <laughs> background, like like the elevator pitch for Sarah Davis Buchner. Let me pull up. Okay. This is called the Very Baltimore fun. Slow Dance, right? Baltimore Slow Dance. So, oh, my goodness. You were born in Baltimore, right? I was. I'm sorry. I was listening for that Baltimore slow dance, but it was a little bit too slow. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see if I got something faster. Uh, that's okay. No, no, that's all right. Baltimore is a bit of a slow town. I, I was born in Baltimore. Uh, I'm not going to reveal the date. It was a while ago, but um, I uh, was fortunate, uh, I think, at that time to have the inspiration of both uh, a very rapidly improving and impressive Baltimore Symphony, whose concerts I regularly attended, as well as a fantastic baseball team. The Baltimore Orioles were a powerhouse in those days. So uh, these were two very, very big influences upon my life, uh, I would say. And uh, in any case, I went to New York to study in my uh, later teens, studied at Juilliard with Rudolf Fukushny, and then later also with Byron Janet. And uh, I had a very nice, uh, successful debut in 1984, and I've been playing a lot of concerts uh, since then, uh, quite a bit in North America, throughout Canada and the States. Uh, I've done a lot of concerts in Asia as well, traveled a lot through Japan, Korea, and China, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, it just keeps going on and on and on. You know? so, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> keeps going. Kind of, uh, the bulk of it, yes. Sharing the music, yeah. Yes. Merwin, you want to... Go ahead, go ahead. I wanted to jump in because I had no idea you were an Orioles fan. I thought you were a Mets fan. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am a Mets fan, but when I was a child, uh, of course, I was uh, an Orioles yeah. fan. We, we we had no use for uh, for any other team except the Baltimore Orioles. But uh, it inculcated in me a love of baseball, which has lasted uh, to this day. Merwin, get with the program. We're talking about serious childhood here, right? It's it's a good, a, it, I, I must have jumped ahead to, 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 to the mature Mets fandom. I yes, apologize. The story has a happy ending. But we're wait, not wait, we're talking to, about the Mets. We're, <laughs> we're talking about, yeah, if you're talking about the Mets, I'm not sure it does have a happy ending. That's, yeah. uh, that's, we're still sort of waiting waiting to see. Uh, I, of course, uh, I mean, you're, you're a little bit dancing around. Uh, one of the uh, well-known facts of my life is that I'm a transgender uh, American, and uh, I faced a uh, you know, personal and career crisis in my uh, mid to later 30s when I transitioned. Uh, and I guess to, to date, I'm probably still one of the very few uh, well-known uh, classical transgender musicians on the circuit. Um, so, you know, my life has incorporated a certain amount of personal drama, professional drama because of that. But, um, you know, that's been a good 20, 20 plus years ago now. Yeah. And uh, I'm really happy to say that uh, I feel like our country has progressed and evolved a lot. Uh, and uh, although this impacted my career negatively for a long, long time, I'm doing more playing uh, now than ever before, uh, and uh, I feel like uh, that I'm. It's this uh, kind of a badge that I'm proud of now. Yeah, that's so great. So most places when I go, oh, thanks. Okay. Uh, some, uh, usually when I go for, to play for concerts, I'm very often asked to speak to uh, to youth groups, to LGBT groups, um, schools, and various other organizations. And sort of give the give the pep talk to say, you know, yeah, you can be you, and you can you can be successful, and it's uh, it's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know the last time you were in Toledo was that for the Clara Schumann concerto? Did that that happen, right? Um, or did it not happen? That was right around. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you you did give a speech, or you talked about this these experiences at University of Toledo, did you not? Ah uh, yes, that's right. I did. Yeah. Uh, I jump up and say, "Oh yes, of course I did." But you know, the, the fact is that you know I do a lot of traveling, and then you ask me the concerts I played about three years ago. I mean, you say, I'm likely to just have a brain block, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what I played? Really? <laughs> well, as long as you know what you're so, playing on the next concert. That's that's really what matters. Yeah, as long as you know that we're doing Florence Price on this concert, we're good. Well, you were talking about the Enigma variations, and I was a little bit afraid you, you were going to ask me to play the Elgar Piano Concerto, which is one that I've never played. <laughs> so I'm glad. We'll save that for next time. But um, yeah. I, there is some other music on the program, which we're going to talk about. But, but let's focus first on Florence Price, um, mm. African-American composer who is has a wide body of wonderful work, and a lot of it has come to light fairly recently, actually. Uh, this piano mm. concerto by Florence Price. Can you give us a well? Give us a little rundown on on who she was, and this piece in particular. Well, Florence Price was, uh, as you said, an African American female composer. She was born from Chicago, and she had a certain amount of notoriety during her lifetime. And she certainly played this piano concerto at least once, perhaps several times. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, a lot of her scores just ended up being lost after uh, after her passing and uh, this is one of the pieces that sort of turned up in a trunk in some uh, townhouse i don't know about six or seven years ago 
Uh, and uh, it, it seems that her family didn't particularly know very much about her life and work and didn't particularly care to preserve her legacy very well. So uh, it's been a divine miracle of sorts that uh, people who discovered these manuscripts in this trunk, and I think there was a symphony in there, a couple of violin concertos also, you know, saw immediately what this was, this, this, this great body of work that she had left behind. And it is very significant American music. Um, this piece has been uh, a real revelation for me to practice. I had heard bits of it because I'm friendly with the pianist Michelle Kahn, who lives here in Philadelphia, and Michelle has played the piece uh, recently. Uh, but to actually get the music and to work on it has been just uh, uh, an amazing uh, discovery for me uh, in this yeah. uh, time in, of, of our history where I think the words uh, diversity and inclusion are, are very important words. I uh, look at this piece as a touchstone of some, of some kind. I realize it is going to be the 115th piano concerto that I've played in public, and I, I like that number a lot. I like uh -huh. to play a lot of what was music. The, what was the first? <laughs> the first was Mozart, A major, commercial, 488. When I was eight years old, I played that yeah. uh, that. Particular concerto. As easy as but falling part, off a log, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just play a little uh, but, Mozart, um, yeah. No, it's, it's not at all, but uh, a lot of those hundred plus concertos happen to be uh, things where the orchestra called and said, do you know such and such piece? I lied, and I said, well, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Fake it till you make it. Um <laughs> Well, I'm available. Just you know, I, I'm available to play the fanfare wherever you go. So maybe we can hook something up, and I can I can play that before you come on stage. That's great, Brad. You're hired. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Good to know. This uh, by Florence Price is very very wonderful. It takes about uh, 18 minutes to play, and she calls it piano concerto in one movement, but it's in three separate sections that kind of link together um, yeah. a very thunderous and driving opening movement and very beautifully heartfelt uh, second movement I mean everybody will be singing that theme for sure and the last movement is is, is a ragtime cakewalk the most delightful uh, conclusion to any American concerto I can think of is, is very similar to the Gershwin piano concerto and oh, yeah. to end with a populist yeah. uh, kind of dance and I, I've just been enjoying learning this thing uh, immensely, and I know that Alan will, will do a great, great job with it. This is this is right up both our alleys. We're going to have a great, great amount of fun in Toledo. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is your premier performance of this concerto in public? Is that correct? My, or have you yes, played it? It'll be, yes, that'll be the first time I've played it, yeah. I think a lot of pianists are adding it to the repertoire now as it's getting, as getting known. I see it's being played around uh, a fair bit this season. Yeah, well, you are leading the way as you have done through Throughout your entire well, career, yeah. Well, uh, this is what we do for our paycheck. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did want to mention that uh, your website is fascinating because folks can can read all about your story. And you talked about the transgender issue, and and you know the, you address that as well on your website. But it's also translated into Chinese and Japanese. Is that correct? Uh, it's in Japanese. Because, oh, it's in uh, Japanese. I yeah, I have a lot of concerts in Japan and, and a lot of fans in Japan, and I want them to be able to to read the website. I was I was told, by the way, some years ago, I was uh, speaking to a kind of a publicist character on the West Coast, and uh, I thought his own website looked, just looked terrible. It looked like maybe his high school son had done it, but he criticized mine. He said, you know, I want to talk to you about your website. And I said, yes. And he says, 
you got to lose those funny characters. It makes it very hard to read. And I said, not for Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> no, some years ago, I, I undertook the study of, of Japanese language. I can, I can kind of work my way very slowly through Korean as well. I'm fascinated by Asian cultures and languages. That is just, just an amazing part of the world. Uh, and, uh, and uh, well, I just always have a lot of fun when I'm going there. So, uh, you know, and they have baseball there, too, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, They're not the nice Mets, team. but they have baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but how, did, how does Toledo compare with, you know, your overseas travels? Are you, are you looking forward to coming back and visiting us? Absolutely. I mean, Toledo has one of the premier attractions in the world, as you well know. And uh, do I need to spell it out here in your, on your program? P-A-O apostrophe S, okay? And, you know, it's just, it's an institution. It's a great meal. I just, I had to see that place when I came, and I can't wait to return. Yeah. Well, hey, we also have a great art museum, by the way, when you're here. You're actually going to be in it, I think. I've done that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And our mud hens are in oh. first place, aren't they? Yeah, the mud hens. Not the Mets, but the mud hens. Yeah. All right, the, the Mets would probably lose to them, too. So, so <laughs> Good to know. I can't take it seriously, yeah. So, no, of course, it's a very famous and very wonderful art museum. I mean, it's a very beautiful city. And uh, I think Toledo is a real treasure of the United States. I, and your, my, I add, the orchestra is. Magnificent. So excellent. I'm really, open. yeah. We'll give you some applause for that. I want to jump over to uh, some of our quiz. Uh, we we usually have a quiz during the during the show. <laughs> and, and since you're with us, Sarah, I think it would be fun if you joined in, if you don't mind. Um, I will try study. I mean, this is like going to math class in fifth grade. Oh, please, Mr. King, I didn't do my homework again. <laughs> I, I get the hot sweats for every quiz. Yeah. <laughs> it's very anxiety. Not me. <laughs> I used to host the uh, the Met Opera quiz on the radio for a long time, and I found it so much nicer to be the quiz master instead of the <laughs> recipient of the quiz, because I have all the answers right here mm-hmm. in my hand. My grandmother listen to that broadcast every uh, every weekend and she she would she would nail those quizzes i mean she knew it all she knew all oh stuff. yeah yeah i yeah. never had to worry about that because mm-hmm. i i mean hopefully i won't mess up i've got it right here so <laughs> i'll give it a shot all right well, let's pull up well, some I'm background really... music here let me find <laughs> uh eh. We'll bring this up again. Okay. This is the Baltimore slow dance. So I, let me see as many questions as I can get through here. Okay. I give you three different clues. You tell me who the composer is. If you get it right away, right. you go ahead and jump in. Okay. Clue A. I painted landscapes and watercolors. Any guesses? Okay. Okay. I almost single-handedly brought about the fame of one of Western Europe's greatest composers. Okay, I'm right, going... Mendelssohn. Yeah. talking about Felix Mendelssohn. Felix Mendelssohn. Very good job. Okay, Yay! so that goes to Sarah. I'll give it to Yay! you. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, a one question still, quiz. Still a few more questions. When you said the landscape, but I, I just sort of wanted to wait for the second clue, but it's, it's one of the most incredible marvels of classical music that there are these composers who were so multi-talented and there was Mendelssohn, Schoenberg was a very accomplished painter, so was George Gershwin. Uh, I mean, you know. Well, there goes gone. my entire quiz right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? The whole thing's gone. Oh, wow. All right, I'll give it a shot anyway. Here's another one. 
See if you can get this okay. one. I was right. a talented caricaturist from Italy. That's Enrico Caruso, of course. <laughs> oh, wow. Of course. We're going to sail right through these. I didn't get to my... I didn't get to the final clue, which was I was once arrested at the Central Park Zoo for pinching a woman's behind. <laughs> right? That I didn't know. Caruso did that. It doesn't yeah. surprise me. They oh, were... Wow. They had... It had, he had to pay a fine of $10 <laughs> for, for doing that. But there was a law at the time in Toledo, if you did that, you had to pay a $50 fine. So we were a little progressive as far as that goes, right? Okay. I guess. Okay. Next question. This one might be a little more difficult. Let me see. Because it's a musician, not necessarily a classical musician. Although they have written some classical pieces. Okay. I am a famous singer with over 70 paintings to my credit. Paul McCartney? Oh my gosh, how did you get that? <laughs> oh, you nailed it, Merwin. Wow. wow Merwin, thus proving his genius level talent. Yeah. Okay. Watch. Smart. This next one should be fairly easy. I was a doodler mostly. I wrote in the margins of my manuscripts very occasionally. I, I loved animals. At various times, I had a pet canary, a pet starling, a dog, and a horse. And despite writing timeless and beautiful music, I had a notoriously scatological sense of humor. Huh. Well, I think you're talking Mozart, right? Yeah, but it's, I, it's I Mozart. It's the obvious choice. We don't think of Mozart as somebody who drew very much, but there's a famous doodle of, of his student, Barbara, whatever her name was, Barbara Ployer, something like that. Ployer, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. that he wrote I in the margin of one of his manuscripts. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know. Well, there was a, a, a Bohuslav Martin who did a lot of doodles, uh, sort of of himself, a kind of a stick-figure caricature of himself. And uh, Paul Hindemith was a very skilled cartoonist and uh, wrote to... Or a lot of cartoons, but yeah. but when you scatological, I figured okay, that's got to be Mozart. But I didn't know he had a horse. Then you threw me. I knew he had a <laughs> starling. I didn't know he had a horse. You know? Well, you know, I sourced my information at least from two different sources. <laughs> sometimes only one source, and sometimes I just make it up. So you're you're more or less on your own when it comes to the quiz. But you did win that question, so. Only a couple of more questions here, which I predict Sarah will breeze right through. Um, I famously shook the foundations of melody and harmony, but as a painter, I stuck mostly to self-portraits and landscapes. Okay. Uh, that that would be Yes, Arnold Schoenberg. Oh, I thought it was it. Claude Michel Schoenberg. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, even if I give that to Merwin, it's still Sarah in the lead. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I had a few other clues for Schoenberg. I want to win a Price is Right prize for this one. I, I want like a, I want the car or the washing machine or the, or what's behind curtain number three. That's that's what I really Absolutely. Want. Well, you can ask about that when when you uh, arrive in Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to the symphony; they'll arrange that for you. <laughs> Last question. Okay, mm. let me uh, get a little something here. I made many portraits of my family and friends, including one of the people on this list. I wrote my biggest selling song during a 10-minute bus ride. One of the arias in my only opera has been covered more than 33,000 times by various bands and musicians. Yeah, that's Gershwin. That is George Gershwin. 
Uh, yeah, he was a marvel. Yeah. And he did a, a great portrait of himself, and he did a terrific portrait of Schoenberg as well, sort of steamy yeah. looking hot and angry. <laughs> kind of a famous portrait. Well, I mean, I think he was taking Schoenberg's cue because he made some pretty scary self-portraits as well when you look <laughs> at him, Schoenberg did. But but they were like tennis well, buddies in Hollywood, evidently. They they played they tennis right together. They lived to each other in Roxbury. Yes, not Roxbury. Uh, Roxbury Drive, that's right. Roxbury Drive. They had uh, adjacent houses and they would play tennis together and uh, I think get into get into near fist fights <laughs> yeah but, but they admired each other yeah so. completely it's, it's a really interesting story that i didn't know about and you can find videos like pictures of, of them playing tennis and there's even a video uh on youtube i think of schoenberg talking about gershwin after gershwin died because he died so young and uh, it, it's really interesting you go down that youtube rabbit hole often sarah have it, has that happened to you uh-huh. Life is too short for YouTube. I've, I've just kind of decided, you know, and the thing that scares me about YouTube is if I start thinking about years past, I find old television shows and even commercials that I, you know, are still lodged in the back of my brain and then I see it, you know, like something for Brill Cream and uh, old episodes of Mr. Ed, and then it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> What has Madison Avenue done to us all? You know, yeah. planted when we were kids, uh, and I, I yeah, that uh, YouTube will suck up your brain really, really quickly. So, I t- I tend to avoid YouTube. Yeah, I I don't have any brain left, so <laughs> it's all been it's all been sucked up by one rabbit hole or another. Uh, we're talking with yeah. Sarah Davis Buchner, who's coming to the Toledo Symphony Friday and Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. It's at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle, September 24th and 25th. Elaine Trudell is conducting the program. It includes the uh, Piano Concerto by Florence Price, also one of the orchestral suites by Johann Sebastian Bach, and then there's this wonderful piece by Edward Elgar called the Enigma Variations, which most people are familiar with, but... I want to see if we can solve it, like in the course of the next couple of minutes, okay? So the the whole idea behind the Enigma variations is that Elgar wrote this piece, and there's an, a hidden theme, like an, uh, which is never heard, that runs throughout. And people have been trying to guess what the theme is, you know, since he wrote it. Pe- uh, he, he said that it was a very familiar theme. So people have said, you know, maybe it's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, maybe it's Old Lang Syne, maybe it's... Pop Goes the Weasel, or it's, you know, any number of themes. So I was hoping that we could come up with the correct theme and put the uh, the issue to bed uh, during the podcast. What do you think? Is that a yes or a no? Were you guys listening, by Vanessa the way? Vanessa and I are looking at each other, <laughs> and are we, are, we are thinking that maybe if we could somehow render it as a violin and horn duet, <laughs> that we could probably come up with it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, just any tune that you think might work. I mean, have you have you thought about this at all? I know Elaine would have something to say, but he's not here now, so... You've played Enigma Variations I've before, right? I've played it a, a couple of times, yes. Yeah. Do you, do you ever play it, and then all of a sudden another tune pops in your head, and you think, aha, that's it. It definitely was not Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just... I, yeah, I don't I, think that was on the list, but it just came to mind, so I, I said it. I think 
a confession, but I think this piece of music has evaded my performance history. I don't wow. think I have ever performed Enigma Variations. Wow. Yeah. That's it. We solved the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you've never played it. It's John Cage 433. As, as soon as you write yeah, right, the, the hidden theme is the John Silence. Cage silent piece. <laughs> the, I mean, Sarah, I know you're a pianist, but has this thought ever occurred to you? You ever... You ever tried to figure out what theme fit in there well i've i've heard enigma many many times and uh and i do love it uh, very very much as an absolutely staggering piece of music as far as the enigma i mean i think he he calls the he addresses the theme itself as enigma and the only thing that it ever resembled to me was the opening of the beethoven piano sonata opus 110 which is and of course uh, the enigma is it has a series of rising thirds, but yeah. what that, uh, whether it has any relation to Beethoven or not, is really it's it's a bit of a mystery. Why why it's even an enigma? <laughs> right. yeah. I think that's as good a guess uh, uh, as any. <laughs> I have a little uh, bit of the Nimrod, which I'll bring up here. The Nimrod movement, for people who don't know, these were is a series of portraits of of friends and relatives, including himself, of Edward Elgar. And we know who all the portraits are. Elgar famously loved puzzles. He loved all the little kinds of, you know, intricate uh, codes and things like that. And so that became a part of his approach to these Enigma variations. I saw a really interesting, uh, speaking of your favorite channel, Sarah, YouTube, um, <laughs> I, I saw an interesting um, episode of a, a program called Inside the Score where they talk about this particular uh, piece and this theme. And, and to quote Elgar, he says, the hidden theme never appears, right? And you can read that in a couple of different ways. What if the theme is called never? What if the theme is never? So if you look at the song Rule Britannia and the lyrics on the words never, it's where it goes, never, 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 right? And so if you slow Clever. that down, you get that that theme from the Elgar piece right here. Never, never, never. Well, Britain something or other. I don't remember the rest of the words. But I thought that was really interesting. And, and given that you guys are doing this on the concert, I thought it'd be worth offering. Oh. So that's my, that's my solution. Um, which I completely copied from this other website. <laughs> hey, you cited your source. That's all that yes, matters. I cited my source indeed. So, Yay! solve the Enigma variations right there. Just one of the things that we do every week on Toledo Symphony Lab. <laughs> so that's great. You may very well be onto something with that that never never uh, thing with the Enigma. So I'm going to go run look that up now, either in a book or. Should I cheat? Use you, and maybe I'll cheat and use YouTube. Anyway. <laughs> you don't have to tell anybody. We we won't tell anybody. There's only you know uh, two or three people listening right now, so yeah. we're we're good. Scrap the rest of your afternoon though, because <laughs> you'll go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, you'll go down the Enigma YouTube rabbit hole. Most looking forward to is listening to the Toledo Symphony play it because I haven't heard it in a while, and it's a very, very moving and. Uh, 
effective piece of music. Uh, it's a real thrill, that, that piece. Wonderful. Well, we're looking forward to having you here and especially to playing this piece, which has never been uh, performed with Toledo mm. Symphony before, that you've never played before, the Piano Concerto by Florence Price, and uh, also on the concert, music of Johann Sebastian Bach, directed by Elaine Trudell with pianist, guest pianist, Sarah Davis Buchner, coming to the Paris style at uh, 8 o'clock p.m., Friday and Saturday, September 24th and 25th. Uh, you can find more information about this concert at ToledoSymphony.com or call up the box office at 419-246-8000. Sir Davis Buchner, thank you so much for joining us today here on our our podcast, Toledo Symphony Lab. We look forward to uh, having you here in Toledo. Oh, my pleasure, Brad. Thanks so much for having me. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find the TSO streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Merwin Sue and Vanessa Gardner, also to Sarah Davis Buchner, who joined us today. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.